0: All across America and around the world, this is Veterans Radio. This is Veterans Radio.
1: And now, your host for today's program, Dale Throneberry.
2: Welcome to Veterans Radio. My name is Dale Throneberry, and it's Father's Day 2023. It is also program number 997 of Veterans Radio. And we want to welcome you today because we're going to be talking about books, books, books. That's the whole premise today. And so if you would like to get in on the action here on Veterans Radio today, you can give us a call with your recommendations. That's 734-822-1600. 734-822-1600. Before we get into the actual program, I want to make sure that we thank our sponsors. Of course, we can't do this program without their support. Uh, number one on that list is Legal Help for Veterans. Legal Help for Veterans is, specializes in veterans disability claims. You can give them a call at 800-693-4800, or you can go to their website, legalhelpforveterans.com. The National Veterans Business Development Council, better known as NVBDC, is the nation's leading third-party authority for certification of veteran-owned businesses. If you want to do business with the federal government, you got to be certified as a real, live, veteran-owned business. And these are the folks that can do it. For more information, you can go to their website, that is nvbdc.org, or give them a call at 888-237-8433. Uh, the Charles S. Kettles VA Medical Center here in Ann Arbor, Michigan, For more information about them, you can go to the va.gov slash Ann Arbor Healthcare. We also want to thank uh, our local veterans organizations for their longtime support of Veterans Radio. That's the Irwin Presscorn American Legion Post 46 and the Charles S. Kettles Vietnam Veterans of America Chapter 310, both here in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I mentioned the number at the beginning of the program. I said 997. Well, it's been 997 shows, episodes, programs, whatever you call it, uh, that we have done here at Veterans Radio over the last almost 20 years, and we're going to celebrate this coming up on July 9th. So those of you in southeast Michigan, or if you want to come from wherever you happen to be, come on down to uh, WAAM Studios on Packard Road in Ann Arbor, Michigan, between 4 and 7 p.m., on the 9th of January, we're just going to have a little picnic out in our parking lot and do the program out there and welcome anybody who wants to come and say hello. We've got uh, some people that we've already talked to that were on the very first episode uh, back in uh, the heck was uh 2003. So we encourage you to come on out. There'll be more information about this going out soon through social media and on our website. But mark the date right now. Got another date for you, too. Coming up on the 24th of uh, June, that's next weekend, uh, we've got the Camp Liberty is out in uh, Brooklyn, Michigan, is sponsoring a car and bike show. Uh, these are um, classic cars and motorcycles that are going to be there, and they're to benefit disabled veterans. Uh, that's Saturday, June 24th from 9 to three, uh, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Uh, the address is 7044 Kapler Drive, that's in Brooklyn, Michigan. The zip code is 49230. 49230. You can find more information about this at their website, camplibertymichigan.org, or you can find some information on our website as well. But so that's a great opportunity. I'll tell you, they do great things out there at Camp Liberty. Camp Liberty is where they take, the, they help disabled uh, veterans, uh, to hunt, fish. Um, they've got these, I don't know what they're called, actually, wheelchairs that can help the veterans stand up if they're not able to stand up and move around the territory. I think they've got about 130 acres out there with all kinds of trails and everything else out there, and they provide, as I mentioned, fishing, hunting. I know that they had a turkey hunt last year. They go deer hunting. It's a great place for veterans and a great place to relax. So I really encourage you to uh, get out there. And, uh, that's Saturday, June 24th, from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., it says DJs, live music, barbecue, lunch, silent auction, show awards, tour of the 135-acre 100, Camp Liberty, and many, many more things. So go to camplibertymichigan.org for more information, or you can give John K. Uh, a call. Here's the phone number, 734-645-8647. Lots of things going on here in southeastern Michigan, and uh, we're really grateful And thankful that you are tuned in today because, as I have mentioned before, it is Father's Day. um, And we want to wish Happy Father's Day to all of the dads out there. And, of course, there are many of us that are getting a little bit older, and our dads, unfortunately, have passed on. But they are foremost in our minds today. And so, Happy Father's Day to all of them uh, that are there. So, we're going to go have a little um, introduction here of a new uh, veteran service organization that has been helping veterans with service dogs. And as you know, we like to promote a different organization uh, every week here on Veterans Radio. And this week we're going to be talking about Leashes of Valor. And Leashes of Valor founder uh, is uh, Jason Haig. And Jason is on the line. Jason, welcome to Veterans Radio.
3: Dale, thanks so much for having me, man. Super appreciate it. Great to be here.
2: It's great to have you on the phone. I've been sitting here looking at your your website and talking all about Leashes of Valor and stuff and your story and I don't want to I want you to tell your kind of story. How did you get involved in this and what motivated you to start this organization?
3: Oh, wow. Um uh, That's a it was, lot. I it's know. a pretty it's a pretty awesome story. Um, fortunately for me, I, I served in the Marine Corps from 1999 until about uh, February 2013. Um, I did three tours, um, combat, two in Iraq, one in Afghanistan. Unfortunately, um, I was not fast enough, was a slow guy, and uh, I got shot um, back in '03, and then blown up a couple of times on my second deployment. Um, and then finally, the Marine Corps said I couldn't play anymore, um, and I was medically retired um, back in 2013 and um, really, uh, to be honest with you, was uh, struggled very hard um, with the transition. Um, from Marine a Marine to civilian life, you know, basically just getting off the boat from being shot at and then, you know, transitioning to the civilian world. That was not easy. Um, was on a lot of different pain medications and stuff like that because of my injuries. Um, and it just, you know, sucked all around. I didn't have a purpose anymore. Um, and tried all different kinds of things, um, group therapy, talk therapy, you know, activities, whatever, you name it. I tried it, um, and then none of them worked. And, um, I got very lucky in that I found service dogs and, uh, my service dog Axel saved my life. Um, if it wasn't for him, you know, I wouldn't be sitting here today for sure. Um, and because of him, what he helped me do, um, uh, I wanted to be able to pay that forward and give that back to, you know, some of the guys, um, that I serve with and, you know, all of our buddies and, you know, that have written that blank check. Um, unfortunately I'm, I'm still losing friends, uh, to this day, um, lost a couple of guys last week. So. Man.
2: Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's so hard for people to understand the, the, the transition that, that anybody in the military goes through, you know, getting out of that high, high adrenaline rush that, you know, so many of us went through when we were in a service. And as you just kind of mentioned, you know, and suddenly, they push you out the door and now what do I do? And yep. you, you know, you, you start going through all the processes of trying to, you know, go back into a normal life and so forth. Uh as You mentioned that you had been injured and, you know, probably a little post-traumatic stress, you know, raised its ugly head. Oh, in yeah. there. <laughs> and and you know, we, we've been fortunate enough to have a lot of people on this program that have talked about the role that service dogs have played in their lives and how important that they became, you know, they, dogs are really kind of really unusual creatures in that they really can sense what their owners seem to be going through. And they're, they're they, they, they somehow figure out that just to be there for you. And, I, and I'm sure that's kind of like what your experience was like with Axel. You
3: know, the exact same thing um, to have, have him there and what he did for me. Um, you know, by the by the time he was, you know, working at five, six, seven years old, like he knew everything that I was gonna do probably before I even did it, which was so fantastic. Um and just to have somebody there that, you know, whether or not they are a good day, they didn't have anything to say. And that's sometimes that's just what you need. And it's it's pretty awesome. So um, being able to provide that for, you know, our brothers in arms is really something that I'm incredibly thankful that I'm able to do. Um, and, you know, really excited to do it.
2: So how did, how did you uh, start off with uh, Leashes of Valor? How did that come about?
3: Well, in, in all honesty, um, with where I got actual from, um, it was an organization down in Florida, another nonprofit, and we helped them um, grow and get bigger and, Um, actually about four or five years into it, got hired away by another nonprofit to help them start a service dog organization. And we did. And really after doing it for a year and a half or so, um, really felt that we could do it, um, ourselves and do it better with the lessons that we learned on, um, how to provide a quality service dog. And that's really what we strive for at leashes is making sure that quality over quantity, um, you know, I feel it's just as dangerous to give out an untrained dog as it is, you know, to give out tons of medications. So uh, we ensure that our dogs are trained for, you know, almost eighteen months um, for us, and ensure that all their access training and all that are are fantastic. Um, so that's really how it started—is to ensure that the quality of these dogs that are going out was of the highest standard, and that's what we wanted to do here at Leashes.
2: And. Uh... We are talking with Jason Haig, who is one of the founders of Leashes of Valor. Uh, Where are you located?
3: We're actually in Fredericksburg, Virginia, about 20 minutes south of Quantico. If uh, your listeners know where the Marine Corps headquarters of the Marine Corps is, um, and about 45 minutes north of AP Hill uh, and several different Army bases. So we're we're very centrally located right here on the East Coast. Um, but we are a nationwide program, so we take veterans from all over um, and bring them to our facility here in Fredericksburg, and they'll stay anywhere between five and ten days um, and learn how to utilize their fully trained service dog.
2: Well, I am sure that there are people out there that would like to help you out. Where would we go to do that?
3: Oh, that would be fantastic. Uh, leashesofvalor.org. You know, super easy. Um, any. Any help is definitely appreciated. Um, a lot of different things you you know people can do for us. Just like and share us on social media. That is that is one thing that people can do very easily and absolutely love it.
2: Well, that's that's uh, it's it's a privilege to have you on the program, Jason. And I wish you the best of luck with Leashes of Valor. And again, that's Leashes and there you got a little donut, a donut <laughs> donut donate <laughs> button right there, up up in the corner, and uh, you can uh, show your support for them. There, uh, this is one of our, you know, I, I think it's a great organization, and uh, you, you've got a, in fact, you've got a, a a Valor Cup golf outing that goes along there. Yep. and uh, Yes, sir. Yep. You know, and unfortunately, you lost Axel at the beginning of this year. Have you yep, have sir. you picked up have you picked up another dog already?
3: Uh, we have six golden retriever puppies that are, uh, in training right now. I will tell you that I am, I'm definitely leaning in a certain direction and, <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm hoping that we're able to announce that I will be taking, you know, we'll have a service dog, you know, for me very soon. Um, cause unfortunately, uh, as, as we've looked at it and done, you know, the analysis, it's probably best, uh, that I get another one because of my memory and the PTSD and what have you. So um sure. i'm super excited though we got some crazy some some awesome puppies so um uh we're very excited for it
2: well i wish wish you the very very best of luck jason and let us know if there's anything that we can do to help you out that's leashes of go there give them some money they need the help and like all of our organizations do there are so many veterans out there that are struggling um you know to come back into the real world as we used to call it and um I do. I wish you the best of luck. Thanks for joining us here on Veterans Radio.
3: Thank you, Dale. Super appreciate it. Y'all have a great one.
2: You too. Thank you very much. All right. That's leashesofvalor.org. Go there, Give donate some money, you know, whatever you can do to help these folks out. Um, I, I know a whole lot of veterans in our in our local area here that that have service dogs, and they all of them always talk about how beneficial they are, and how those dogs just seem to know what they need. It's it's just, it's it's a great service. I'm, maybe I should get a dog. <laughs> probably, no, I don't think so. Um, not yet, but um so so we've talked about Leashes of Valor. At the beginning of the program i mentioned that we wanted to talk about books and that's what i want to do right now um right now i'm going to bring on a another good friend of ours here at veterans radio and his is uh his name is mark leapson and the reason that i brought mark on is uh, not only has he been a guest on veterans radio before he has written a book called the Ballad of the green beret um for those of you that know about that book and you know about that program, it's here. He's also an Army veteran, 67 to 69, got to spend a one-year expenses-paid vacation in Vietnam and uh, came back and has been uh, writing pretty much ever since. He's also the book reviewer for the Vietnam Veterans of America uh, magazine that goes on, the veteran. So that's why I asked him to join us today. So, Mark, welcome back to Veterans Radio.
1: Thanks, Dale. Thanks for asking me to be here again.
2: Well, it's good to see you.
1: Yeah. We're both here, right? <laughs> we're
2: both. all here jumping through the, jumping through the stratosphere right now is hoping that everything stays connected.
1: Yeah. I, I meant here, here, you know, on the yeah, right here, here. Yes. Yes. Yeah. After <laughs> that, after that fine
2: vacation. Yes. That's yeah. true. It's taken me, uh, what now over 50 years to recover from just that, <laughs> uh, that vacation. Um, so um when I asked you to, to to uh to join us today, I just wanted you to you know pick what you think are a few books that you think that the veterans or military personnel and maybe their families would be interested in. So what's on your list?
1: Yeah, well, um I made a little list here after you emailed me and you know, I I don't know why I'm surprised i mean, I've been doing this for oh gosh, you know almost forty years now, I think thirty seven years. And you know, uh I keep thinking, well, you know, that's going to be it. There aren't going to be many more good books about the war or about the legacy. And they just keep coming out, which is fantastic, I think. So uh, uh, I've got a few uh, that have come out recently and then remind me of some classics that maybe if we have time, we could mention that are related. Okay. To the first one is is uh, just came out last month. And I don't know if you know the name Henry Threadgill. So Henry Threadgill, Vietnam vet. He had a really crazy, uh, tour of duty. He is also a famous jazz musician who won the Pulitzer Prize for music, uh, in 2016, the first Vietnam veteran who won a Pulitzer Prize for music. And, um, he's just come out with a new, um, autobiography, kind of a kind of strange title. It's called Easily Slip into Another World by Henry Threadgill. And, um, the, there's two or three chapters about his crazy tour of duty in Vietnam. And you know, you know, you and I have both read lots and lots of books, talked to a lot, a lot of veterans about it, And stuff. You know, it, it amazes me that I still hear things I've never heard before about one of our 2.8 fellow.
2: Right. So it looks like Mark has frozen up here a little bit. And, uh, so we're going to, um, I think what we might do is, uh, Derek, I'm going to have you. <laughs> uh, let's let's go to our uh, medal of honor okay all right we're gonna do our medal of eggman segment and see if we can get mark back on the line otherwise i've got my other guests all raring and ready to go here so uh, stick around listen to veterans radio we'll be right back
0: the medal of honor is the highest award for valor in combat given a member of the armed forces of the united states there have been over three thousand four hundred recipients of the nation's highest award this is one of them a father and his son were both awarded the Medal of Honor. Details after this. If you have a VA claim denied by the Board of Veterans Appeals, contact Legal Help for Veterans at one eight hundred six 693 They're experts in handling cases before the U.S. Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims. Their number again, one-eight hundred-six nine three-four eight zero zero. First Lieutenant Arthur MacArthur was awarded the Medal of Honor for seizing the colors of his regiment at a critical moment in planting them on the captured works on the crest of Missionary Ridge, Tennessee, November 25, 1863. His son, General Douglas MacArthur, was awarded the Medal of Honor for conspicuous leadership in preparing the Philippine Islands to resist conquest, for gallantry above and beyond the call of duty in action against invading Japanese forces, and for their heroic conduct of defensive and offensive operations on the Bataan Peninsula his utter disregard of personal danger under heavy fire and aerial bombardment, his calm judgment in each crisis, inspired his troops, galvanized the spirit of resistance of the Filipino people, and confirmed the faith of the American people and their armed forces. The Medal of Honor series is a production of Veterans Radio.
2: Military veterans touch everyone's life. I'm guessing right now you're thinking of a veteran, a close friend, relative, maybe it's you. Even the toughest of us sometimes need help, but don't know where to turn for support. You don't need special training to help a veteran in your life. We can all help someone going through a difficult time. Learn how you can be there for veterans. Visit VeteransCrisisLine.net. VeteransCrisisLine.net. A message from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs.
4: My old man's a sailor, what do you think about that? He wears a sailor's collar, he wears a sailor's hat, he wears a sailor's raincoat, he wears a sailor's shoes, and every Saturday evening he reads the Sunday news, and someday, if I can, I'm gonna be a sailor, the same as my old man.
2: Hey, hey, thanks to the Smothers Brothers right there. Haven't heard that in a long time. Just another reminder that it is Father's Day. So if you haven't called your dad, if, if you're able to give him a call, send him a text, whatever it takes, let him know that you're thinking about him. All right, I think we've got our technical issues straightened out a little bit here. So we've got Mark Leafson back on the line, and he was talking about a book entitled Easily Slipped. And I, there's, I know there's more to the title, but go ahead, Mark. Yeah.
1: Yeah, easily slip into another world by Henry Threadgill. And it's, it's, it's his autobiography. It's a terrific one. And I was saying that the, uh, the chapters on his amazing tour of duty in Vietnam alone are worth the price of admission. Um, so I, I'm, I'm strongly recommending that one. It's going to be the lead book review in my column in the next issue of the VVA veteran, uh, July, August. So. Um, the other thing is Wayne Carlin. I don't know if you know the name Wayne Carlin, but Wayne was a Marine in the Vietnam War, and he uh, just recently retired as an English professor at the College of Southern Maryland. And um, he's written, oh gosh, I don't know about a dozen books, uh, fiction and nonfiction. He's a great novelist, and uh, my um, he has a new book out. It's a it's a group of short stories. Uh, from his entire career, it's called Memorial Days. And, um, it just came out from Texas Tech University Press. An excellent book. Wayne is, is the real deal. And he, uh, he doesn't write just about the Vietnam War, but the war and its legacy are really, a, a big part of, of a lot of these stories and much of what he writes about. So Wayne Carlin, K-A-R-L-I-N. And, uh, Memorial Days is his new book. Now, I first I read my first novel of Wayne's that I read was one of the, turned out to be one of the best Vietnam War novels. I mean, not in country, but, you know, a, 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 um, it dealt with the legacy of the Vietnam War out there uh, in southern Maryland where he lives. It's called Lost Armies. Great novel. 1988. It's still in print. And um just, you know, reading Wayne's uh, new book of short stories reminded me of that. Um, and one other one I wonder, I have a couple others. Tell me when you want me to stop. But, okay. <laughs> uh, Keep going. Um, yeah, a really terrific book uh, came out earlier this year called The Long Reckoning. The Long Reckoning um by a, a British journalist and author named George Black. And it deals with the ongoing legacy of the Vietnam War, primarily in Vietnam, but also among Vietnam War veterans. And uh, it focuses on Agent Orange and the impacts of that and also unexploded ordnance in Vietnam, which still is a giant issue. And it, he mainly tells the story, not mainly, but it sort of it revolves around two sort of amazing Vietnam War veterans, uh, both of whom have lived and worked in Vietnam for decades. I don't know if you know the name Chuck Searcy. Chuck Searcy, he has been like no other... Working on humanitarian efforts on behalf of uh, Vietnamese people, he's a Vietnam War veteran, and I've known I've known about Chuck. I've emailed him a few times over the years, but uh, this story goes beyond that. Although it focuses on on um, on, on uh, Chuck, and it really is something I think uh, Vietnam War veterans should be um, aware of. So it's the Long reckoning by George Black, and you know. As I was reading about it and writing my review, I I thought about, you know, going back to Vietnam as a thing, right? And I think, the, I know, best book about that was the first one, I think, that, that came out, and that was Brothers in Arms. You remember that? In 1984, Bill Broyles, William Broyles, who was a Marine lieutenant in the Vietnam War, was one of the first Vietnam vets to go back, and he wrote this. He was a great writer, too. And, and editor. And uh, Broyles wrote this book called Brothers in Arms, you know, where he came to the realization, and I'm oversimplifying here, but basically he came to the realization, and this is 84, that he, after he went back, met a lot of our former enemies there, came to the realization that he, in many ways he had more things in common with the men who he fought against, right, than his mm-hmm. Fellow members of the Vietnam War generation
2: who did part in the war. Yeah, I kind of know. It's a, a brilliant it.
1: book. It's still in print. And, you know, it comes from that. He, got, I went and asked him about the title of that book because, you know, it's that great song by Dyer Straits, Brothers in Arms. And he told me this really, really cool story about how it influenced Matt when the book came out. They were searching for a title. And he heard it and boom, that was it. It just did perfectly. So, um, let me, let me give you one more. And that is, uh, Bao Ninh. So I, I don't know if your listeners are familiar with Bao Ninh, B-A-O-N-I-N-H. It's the pseudonym of a former North Vietnamese army soldier who is one of the most, uh, you know, heralded novelists, fiction writers in Vietnam. Um, he wrote a book called The Sorrow of War way back in 1987. It was the first book uh, translated into English about the Vietnam War by a Vietnam War veteran. And he has a new book also of short stories called uh, Hanoi at Midnight, Hanoi at Midnight by Bao Nguyen. And, you know, um, he writes a lot about the war and about the legacy of the war. And again, um, it's, it's another aspect of the Vietnam War that not a lot of us knew at the time, right? Having the enemy's perspective and how so many things that they, that they went through, um, we went through and, you know, of course in different ways. And, and he, he writes also about humanitarian issues and the legacy. It's not, there's nothing gung ho about it. You know, no communist idiot, nothing like that. It's personal stories of how war affects those who take part in it and their families and loved ones.
2: Yeah, I think that's very interesting, Mark. I think as the as the time has gone by, the books have have changed. They've gotten a little bit more philosophical, I guess. So I guess because you know, initially I was, I was I was looking through my collection of books here, and I you know I've got Chicken Hawk in there, and I've got and you know, all other whole bunch of helicopter stories. Of course, it's my primary interest at the time. And uh, then they you know we 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 talked about uh, the book called The Matterhorn. Um, and then we, you know, then we started to get into some of the books, as you mentioned, that were written by, um, the Vietnamese themselves and what was, you know, what was happening on their side and, and their interpretation of what, what occurred. So I really encourage our audiences to, um, you know, go to the library, just go online and type in, you know, Vietnam books and, and so forth. And you're going to find a lot of really great stories out there. I mean, we've got the things they carried, of course, and, 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 and those. But there are, there are, there are historical perspectives then and now, which I really uh, I find very interesting, and it gives us uh, such a, a better picture of, of what really happened. because you know, I don't, I don't think we you know we were you know 19, 20 years old, hard to believe at that time. And you know we really didn't understand everything that was going on.
1: Right. And we also, you know, all of us saw our own little slice of the war, right? I mean, films yeah, everywhere. Different from you Warren, two and a half million others, right? Hey, when you said history, that gave me another thought. There, there was a really good book that came out late last year called The Kennedy Withdrawal. The Kennedy Withdrawal. You know, one of the great unanswered questions, and it probably never will be answered, is this giant debate over, you know, what JFK would have done in Vietnam had he lived, right? I mean mean, we, we all know that he got killed in November of 63. And, you know, when he, when he took over as president in um, uh, January of 61, after winning the 1960 presidential election, he had 1,500, quote-unquote, advisors on the ground in Vietnam. Right. I, there were 15,000, okay? Now, Kennedy talked a, a fair amount about what he might do and so basically there's been this giant debate in you know kennedy supporters say, oh yeah he was kidding me he, he actually did pull out some troops he was do more he never would have done what johnson did you know which was in the summer of 64 in gulf resolution start 67 we had hundreds of thousands right. of troops there and uh, but then kennedy would all also, you know, he was a giant cold warrior, you know, it, it it wasn't a party thing. He was a Democrat, Republicans and Democrats were all, we have to stop communism. So there's been this giant debate and this, uh, 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 I think he's a history professor, Mark Silverstone, Silverstone wrote wrote this book. It's not, it it can't answer it, right? I mean, because we just don't know what would have happened, but it provides a lot more of what Kennedy was thinking and, uh, and goes into it a lot deeper. And I got to, I think I got a better understanding of what was going on. So for anybody who's interested in, you know, uh, the, you know, the early history of the war, what, what happened in the early sixties, that's a great, that's a great book that I would recommend.
2: Okay. Thank you, Mark. Thanks Mark Leipson from the Vietnam Veterans of America magazine, The Veteran, and of course his own books. <clears throat> The story of Barry Sadler and the Green Berets and all kinds of different things that he's done. You can find out more information about Mark and what he does is go, just go to his own website, markleepson.com. It's M-A-R-C-L-E-E-P-S-O-N dot com. Thanks very much, Mark.
1: Thanks, Dale. You're all doing a great job as always. Thank you. you. We'll
2: be talking to you again soon. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right, we're going to just do a quick transition right over to another one of my favorite friends and book reviewers and so forth out there. And this is uh, Dwight John Zimmerman and Dwight John, J-O-N Zimmerman. Uh, I met through the Military Writers Society of America last century, I think. Um, (laughs) Seems like we've known each other forever. Dwight, how are you?
5: Dale, it is so much. Fun to be on the show again. Thank you so much, and yes, it's great to be here. Yeah, yeah. I remember when we first met in Orlando so the, all these years ago? And God bless.
2: Yes, thank you very much. I asked I asked Dwight to come on. I mean, he's a best selling author himself. He's a he's a he writes all these. Neat little military history episodes on a daily basis. Um, you've been up to a lot of stuff more recently, but you, you know, you're a best selling award winning author. You've been a radio host. You used to do a whole segment on our program. Um, you, you worked with Bill O'Reilly on the book about killing Lincoln, um, World War II 70th anniversary articles for the defense Me- uh, media network. And you're doing more and more of that now, aren't you?
5: you know my mother would love what you just said <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah um i have a substack um site uh, it's you know dwight john Zimmerman at Substack.com uh, uh that i've been posting um, more material on uh, military history themes of various sorts um by the way i i do need to mention you know when you were running that uh MacArthur Medal of Honor episode uh, a few minutes ago, uh, the, Douglas and his father Arthur uh, received, uh, th- they're one of two uh, father-son Medal of Honor recipients. Uh, their distinction was that they received them when they were still alive. Theodore Roosevelt and Theodore Roosevelt Jr. Are the only other, uh, father son medal of honor recipients and they received theirs posthumously. The other thing is that, uh, army chief of staff, general George Marshall wrote Douglas MacArthur's medal of honor citation.
2: Wow. Pretty important.
5: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, well, you, you, you know, my writing, you know, yeah. this yeah, is, I, the, this I is the of... fun, this is the fun stuff that, uh, you know, I, I, I love doing the research on things. And when you were talking about, you know, the Vietnam War, the various books, as you know, um, well, I was a kid growing up during the Vietnam War and, you know, I'm watching Uncle Walter, Walter Cronkite, who, who is the most respective, respected, um, uh, journalist, uh, newscaster, during that period. And I, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm this kid watching this stuff and I'm going, Hey, if we're in a war, why aren't we in it to win it? A it's simple- not
2: like we didn't say that ourselves a few times.
5: Yeah. But you know, this is a kid, you know, yeah. just asking a simple question with a huge complex answer. So fast forward. And I think you've got a copy of it too. Uh, I wrote a graphic history of the Vietnam War with uh, Wayne Van Zant, who served in the Navy during the Vietnam era. He didn't serve in uh, Vietnam, but he was you know, at that same time. And that graphic history was my attempt to explain to the me back in the 1960s why?
2: Right. And I, I do. Well, people can't see me. I'm pointing back and you can't see it because I got a screen cover <laughs> here. Anyway, I'm pointing back to my bookcase in the back there. Yes, it's in there. So, Dwight, I asked you to, you know, to come up with a few, t- uh, book titles as well as what you think oh, yeah. some of our listeners might be interested in. And I know that, you know, you, you go all over the, the, the history of military <laughs> science. So, uh, what's on the, what's on your list?
5: Well, thank you. Uh- well, as you know, um, I've been working with, uh, Doug Sterner on this Beyond Belief, uh, series, right. uh, which focuses on, has various themes of, um, you know, there's been chaplains, Marines, um, you know, aviators and everything. It's a, it, it's a wonderful series. It's an Several authors contribute, uh, and the result is some amazing, amazing stories. So the latest and he's also got a very aggressive schedule. Uh a book comes out uh over Memorial Day, you know, it at the end of May and then on Veterans Day, November 11th. So the latest book in the series is about Fathers and Sons. Uh so we're talking about uh the polar father's and sons, you know, Chesty Puller from uh, well, God, he goes, he goes all the way back to the Banana Wars, but, um.
2: Mostly I, Korea is what we was known for.
5: Yeah. Right? Well, that's the son. Well, okay. Oh. No, no. I'm sorry. Uh, World War II and Korea's for the father. Vietnam was the son. Uh, then you have, you know, the Roosevelts, father and son, MacArthur's. Uh, I wrote the chapter on Patton, father and son. Uh, the son fought in Korea and Vietnam. Uh, you know, the father obviously was World War One and, and two, uh, the McCains, uh, the Navy McCains, uh, father, well, grandfather, father and son, you know, and, and more. It, it's really quite amazing. Now, the great thing is that, uh, Doug expanded it. He wanted to do, uh, um, Military heroes from every state. Uh, and the first two are uh Colorado, where Doug lives. And, and uh they these books are all available on Amazon. Uh you uh put in the keywords Doug, D U G N E R and You will get this wonderful list, and I have to say that Doug has done a an incredible job, uh, ambitious, and I'm just in awe of uh, the material that he's collected on these heroes from the individual states. The other thing, as you know, as I'm a member of the Military Writers' Society of America, which is this year celebrating its 20th anniversary,
2: there you go. See, Paternines Yeah. think alike.
5: Ha <laughs> ha. How about that? And they, you know, um, if, you know, listeners will go on to the website MWSA dispatches.com. They find, uh, a, you know, they navigate through, which is a very easy to do. Uh, they will see the various books that are, uh, membership. Uh, has uh, published the thing about uh, MWSA is that it it, it, it it provides a platform for primarily veterans, but not just them, um, but anyone who respects the military and wants to contribute. Uh, that we help them write their stories and. Uh, a lot of, uh, the, the majority of the stories are written by veterans. Uh, one that I saw that really caught my eye was, uh, the title, When Heroes Flew, The Shangri-La Raiders by H.W. Buzz Bernard. And basically that's, uh, about, um, the, uh, Doolittle Raid. Uh, another one, which is really fascinating. Is called Combat and Campus, Writing Through War by Annette Langlois, Grunceith, and Sergeant Peter Langlois. And uh, it it's devoted you know, about the Vietnam War, and it's covering both what happened on the ground, both those who served in the military, and the journalists who were reporting. The... Um, yeah. That's just, you know, highlights of uh, so many wonderful books uh, that are, I, I would call them under the radar. Because, as you, you know, we all know about, you know, the books published by, you know, the big publishers. But MWSA makes sure that um, these unique voices are made available. And again, it's MWSA Dispatches dot
2: com right yeah and the stories there are not as you mentioned before not just written by veterans there's a lot of books that are written by uh, uh children of veterans who have you know uncovered dad or mom's uh you know trunk and inside of it there's an incredible stories in there i was um you know i'm thinking about i can't think of the names off the top of my head but i'm i'm mean I'm there there are just amazing stories of you know Especially, you know, on, on, on Father's Day today, you know, what dads did. I know Joyce, Joyce, you know, Joyce wrote, wrote a lot of stories about her father on Jima and, and, uh, I think it was Carol and Carol, Carol Schultz wrote about her father in Germany, you know, in the concentration camps. And I think he was a doctor, if I remember right in the book. Um, but they are, they're, they are great stories and they're written by, you know, you know, good, really good writers. Some of them are professional. Some of them are just doing it to get the story out.
5: Yeah. And that's the, that's the most important thing with uh, that I've been so proud of being a member. Well, I, and also uh past president uh, of the organization I uh, for listeners who may not know. I'm a civilian. My dad served in uh, the seventh army during world war two. And, um, I respected, you know, his service and I was, you know, a kid growing up and, well, the way things worked out, no, I never served, uh, my eyesight was really bad at that time, <laughs> uh, 2400. So that probably would have precluded, uh, me being, you know, in the military. That said, um, my talent of writing and my love of the military opened that venue for me to write the various books and articles that I have written. And I'm happy to, you know, be able to do at least that part to tell the story of so many people, you know, such as yourself, uh, Mm -hmm. who served and fought, and died, you know, you know, gave that last full measure. It's That's been, I would say, the biggest challenge for me as a civilian. Uh, you know, that Medal of Honor book that uh, mm-hmm. I wrote, um, it was a high point, and I have to say the most wrenching, Thing that I ever wrote because I'm writing about young men in their teens and early 20s and most of them received the Medal of Honor posthumously
2: uh, give, give our audience the name of the book Dwight um,
5: it's called uh, Beyond Hell and Back uh, the Medal of Honor and the Warriors from Afghanistan and Iraq who received it um and I have to say that in so many cases, when I came down to the moments, the last moments of their life, the tears started coming down my cheeks.
2: Well, I can, I can, I can agree with that because when I when I read that, and you, you can go back in the Veterans Radio archives. and We did an interview about that book. I can't remember when it was right off the top of my head, but now uh, yeah, if you go to the Veterans dot org, we're or a dot org now because we are a, you know we have become a non-profit organization um, but if you go to veteransradio.org you can you can click on in our search engine and just put dwight zimmerman's name in there and any other programs that he's appeared on which were quite a few will uh, pop up and you'll be able to to find out about more that he has done so uh, dwight you you um you know not only the military writers continually Turning out great stories and Doug Sterner, like you said, I don't know. I don't know where he gets this energy from. Uh, it's, you know, he, he turns out a book a month, it seems like, and they're all interesting and just really great reads. And he's got a lot of people who volunteer and they'll do a chapter here or there, like you mentioned. And, you know, you got involved in it a little bit more, but I'm, I'm curious about um, what other projects that you've, you've been involved with or What are the stories that you could recommend to our audience.
5: Oh, oh Lord. <laughs> you know, there are so many um, I mean the in fairness, you know, the best thing, you know, for uh your listeners to do is to uh well with the Military Writer Society, uh again, go onto the website uh um cuz there are they have so many books that are so worthy of being uh read you know mm-hmm. uh, and, so, and they car-
2: and they cross all generations that's that's also exactly. interesting exactly you know
5: yeah, they're, so it's they're a, not just it, all about right and it's really unfair for me to you know aside from the ones that i just you know, immediately highlighted you know to you know um uh, to single out others uh you know their their library is just absolutely uh awe inspiring you know um though no, I will say anyone who wants to buy any of my books I won't say no
2: <laughs> <laughs> there, there there you go there's a there's a you know there are all obviously there are all many many outlets out there um, for, for great books about different conflicts and, you know, different treatments, different heroes, different people that, you know, that just, you know, as, uh, Jason said at the beginning, we were talking about leashes of valor, you know, people who wrote that blank check, uh, to the country that, you know, did pay that ultimate price. And there's an organization out there at the, what they call it's a naval institute. I think it is. And they have a great collection of books as well that they, they publish. It's put out. Mostly they deal with a lot of a lot of Navy pilots and so forth in there, but that's uh, NavalInstitute.com. And, um, you know, there are just so many stories out there, the, the stories that, you know, we hope that our listeners, you know, would recommend to us and, you know, that we could help promote in the future. Or, you know, recommend if we do, you know, do another program on books where we can recommend what people are actually reading. And and that's that's what I wanted to get into. I mean, I'm, it's, you know, I, I, I got, <laughs> I got a whole basement full of books and they're, they're all just, each one is, is more interesting than the other. And it's really the only way you're going to find out what your mom, your dad did when they were in the service. Because, you know, so many of our parents didn't tell their stories. And, you know, this, I think this generation of veterans isn't quite ready to tell their stories yet. And, um, so it, it's, it, it's just helpful. It's just a way of us trying to understand. That's, that's what I find is the joy of books. Cause you can just, you can leave this world and go into the mind of somebody else and they can take you on travels all over the place around the world.
5: You're quite right. Uh, one of the, most moving things that occurred to me uh this was you know after uncommon valor uh was published uh my co-author um uh, the late john d gresham uh and i were invited up to west point to uh deliver a series of lectures which was impressive in and of itself and at lunch we were um, escorted up to what they call the poop deck, which is you know, this platform that overlooks the, um, you know, the entire uh, mess hall. And uh, we were introduced. And the next thing you know, the entire Corps of Cadets stands up and gives us a standing ovation. That, I have to say, was the most moving thing that has ever happened to me in my career. I, and so, you know, afterwards, you know, we're, we sit down at the table and we're talking to the captain of the Corps of cadets and John, you know, asked him, why did you guys do that? And he said, because you tell our story for us. Mm -hmm. Son of a bitch.
4: Oh,
2: now you just got me thrown off a radio. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, mean, well,
5: I, I, wow. I, you but that's,
2: I mean, no, uh, Dwight, uh, you know, we're talking with Dwight John's the room in here. We got about a minute to go. So I'm going to have to, you know, wrap this up now, uh, before the FCC comes into my house. Um, <laughs> sorry but, about that. <laughs> but, um, so I encourage everybody, you know, to look up the books at the, uh, MS, mwsadispatches.com great organization great list of books and everything look for Doug sterner on Amazon and I'm sure that you can put Dwight's name in there too and you'll find a few really interesting stories to tell there as well so uh thank you Dwight very much for being on the program today
5: and, thank you um
2: <laughs> uh, we'll be talking to you when the next uh uh you know Doug sterner book comes out thanks Dwight Okay, we got a minute to go and so we got to finish up this program real real quick. Today we're going to go out on 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 God Bless America again, which is, you know, I'm on this kick and I have to, you know, I, I just think this song is so powerful and so meaningful to all of us that I want to play it at the end of of every program that I'm doing. And this one was sung by Sergeant Major Mary Kay Messenger who happened to be backed up by the West Point Concert Band in this case. And so um I think i've got about 30 seconds to go maybe keep talking all right i can keep talking so we're going to play that before we go away as, as he tells me how many how many seconds we've got which i think is about 10 right now so we're coming up to 10 seconds before the countdown so this is Dale Thornberry. for all of us here at veterans radio until next week you are dismissed
4: storm clothes gather far across the sea let us swear